name is Paul Golden, Executive Director of Alumni and Development here at CSU, but also our president, Dr. Jim Lytle. And it's our pleasure to have a CSU alum, William Payne. Will is at Syracuse University. He is basically the campus director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So he's the FCA campus director at uh, Syracuse University. And uh, it's great to have you on uh, the podcast. Will, thank you for coming. Glad to be here with you all, both of you today. And just to talk about really the influence of CSU on my life and uh, FCA at Syracuse University. So I know you're a pastor's kid because I'm a PK as well. (laughs) Tell us about your story growing up, how you came to faith in Christ. My father, uh, yeah, my father's retired pastor now, and he went to college at a school called Fort Wayne Bible College in Indiana. And while he was in school, he used to uh, cut cut yards to generate income. And one day I was, uh, he was cutting a yard and my brother started talking to me about the Lord and uh, asked me if I knew I was going to heaven. And I said, no, I went and talked to my parents. And at that time I was uh, nine years old and I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation alone. It's great. Great experience. Baptized there. And then we moved to uh, Elkhart, Indiana, First Baptist Church, Elkhart. And probably my first exposure to uh, BBC was I went to teen leadership camp. I was 15 years old. Uh, a guy named Dwight Peterson was the one. He was a youth pastor at our church, and he brought me there and uh, felt the Lord was saying, you're going to be in ministry, pastoral ministry. So that's kind of my background. And didn't you have a connection with uh, Coach Jacobs and uh, others out there at Elkhart? Yeah. Roger Jacobs. He worked at our school, Christian school there. What I remember about Coach Jacobs, one time we were in the gym and my brother jumped off the back of the bleachers trying to grab the backside of the backboard and he fell and broke his arm. Coach (laughs) Jacobs carried my brother, had to be a half a mile from that school all the way to our house. My brother broke his arm and Coach Jacobs carried him. So that was that was pretty cool. And then when I came to seminary, I had a young daughter. So when I would go to class, he would used to watch my daughter for me. So you said about age 15, you're starting to think about maybe I should be in pastoral ministry. Was it a a straight line from there or? uh... I remember when I came home and I told my dad and he was like, you got to learn Greek and Hebrew. And I was like, Greek and Hebrew. I didn't know what that was. Before I came to ministry, I actually worked, worked in business and sales. And then in 2000, um, I ended up coming to Baptist Bible Seminary. Lord really challenged me about the direction of my life. And, um, I said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And that's how I ended up at BBS in 2000. And I was there from 2000 to 2004. And you earned your uh, Master of Divinity here at Baptist Bible Seminary. And that's where I got to know you first was as a student here at uh, BBS. And if, if I'm backing up, you went to Liberty and then you came here to BBS. You recently told me about a story. I forgot about this, but you were living up in uh, the big city of Nicholson, PA, Maybe 20 minutes outside of uh, Clark Summit with uh, Joe Johnson and a trailer. Tell us about that experience and what happened at the trailer. Well, you know, BBS was a great experience, my great time in my life. And uh, one of the greatest joys I had, I got to live in the big city of Nicholson. And it was me, my wife, my daughter, and my son was actually born there, born in a hospital in Scranton. We lived on one side of the trailer, the other side was Mickey Mouse and his 500 friends. And we are one whole <laughs> family. I mean, they would run on their side of the house and we had our side of the house. It was an interesting time, a very exciting time. The Lord did a lot of work, showed us what was really uh, important, taught us a lot of lessons. But one time the trailer caught on fire by a mistake I made. 
and they pulled down the um, the vent over the stove. It wasn't 500 Mickeys. It probably a thousand Mickeys up in that place. It, it was crazy, but we all got along. You survived your mouse infested housing. Yes. Oh, Who were yes. some of the professors that impacted you the most during your time at Baptist Bible Seminary? Number one was Rod Decker. Uh, he's my Greek professor. He really made an impact on my life. He really challenged me just about, you know, being committed to the scripture. Spent a lot of time at his house. And then Dr. Arp were probably the most too impactful in my life. Dr. Arp was, uh, just thought he was a great man, very practical. You could talk to him and very patient teaching the New Testament. And I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed all my professors, but those two stood out the most. It's interesting now that you are doing FCA, basically uh, chaplaincy ministry with college athletes. Dr. Arp had a chaplaincy connection uh, when during his time here in uh, Pennsylvania. So I know you both have a love for sports. A- after BBS, you, you were in pastoral ministry. What churches were you at before yeah. you landed at Syracuse? Uh, so the great thing about uh, BBS, you have to do an internship. So I served my internship at Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio under the a gentleman named Mickey Farlow. And uh, he actually was the one who helped me. We started a sports ministry there and saw many men come to Christ. Following that, and this is literally what happened. I, I didn't have a job. And so I, I was calling my dad and I was like, dad, I don't have no job. I don't know what to do. He said, did you graduate? I said, no. He said, graduate and it all work out. And I literally came to graduation, walk across the stage and Jim Vogel was waiting there for me. And I met a guy named Jim Vogel. And he was a graduate of the school, and I served with him at uh, South Baptist Church in Flint, Michigan. So, Dr. Vogel was on our board for 30 years, the profound influence. He, uh, Jim Vogel, was probably one of the most, besides my own father, the most influential man in my life. I would not be in the position I'm in if he had not taken me in and allowed me to serve with him at South Baptist Church, because at that church is where I began outreach ministry to athletes and in the okay. community. He, he just said, keep moving forward with it. I'm always thankful for him for allowing me to be involved with the local school and with sports teams. And um, he's just a great impact upon my life. How long were you there? I was there for five years, 2004 to 2009. He left, I think, in 2007. Um, but the thing about him is typically an outreach pastor, you know, do little things in the community. I told him I wanted to target the school district and we had never done that before. And he gave me freedom to uh, let a coach to Christ. So I became a basketball chaplain in a local school. Then it led over to football and all the other teams. And it was because he gave me the freedom to step away from the church to do that. It ended up him uh, teaching parenting classes. Our church would do backpacks for the community. The sports teams banquets would be at our church. And uh, we got to talk about the gospel. We got to say whatever we wanted to say. And uh, it's because he, he allowed me to use my gifts and say, this, we're going to do it a little differently. It was really a great time. And uh, it was foundational in my life. Oh, cool. Well, Syracuse, a pretty long commute from Flint. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after I left, I, I left uh, Flint in 2009, I was in Kalamazoo, Michigan for three years from 2009 to 2012. And then in 2012, I moved to Syracuse to work with another BBC alum, gentleman named by Pastor Milton Cornegay. Also a board and member. Yep. I came to, uh, so I, that's how I got to Syracuse, but I knew him a long time ago because he went to my father's church in Washington, DC. So once again, things circled okay. back around. Yeah. And, um, so I was, I, I came here 
with him until um, 2018. And then basically what happened in 2017, uh, one of our coaches, one of the coaches at Syracuse went to our church and I'd been counseling him and so on. And he called me and asked, would I be consider uh, coming up to the university to be the campus director of FCA? And so I, I may, prayed about it, made that transition. So we're here with Will Payne, who is currently the FCA campus director at Syracuse University, the Orangeman. What does a campus director do? And maybe more specifically, your, your interaction with the athletes. So I got to tell you, since we're all friends here, they, we're not the Orangeman anymore. We're the Orange. They changed it. I stand corrected. I got to tell you that. They changed it. Yeah, politi- the politically correct now. We're no longer yeah, the Orange. Yeah, you can't say Orangeman anymore. It is the Orange, okay? No one knows what it is, but it's the Orange. But, you know, uh, as a Syracuse fan, I probably should know that. So I, thank, you for, thank you for correcting me. Um, but basically what, uh, what it looks like is daily um, teaching Bible study. So I'll go up to school in the mornings, get there, get there in the mornings, typically – I'll make my rounds, go through the coaches' offices and visit with them, uh, talk about, I don't like to really waste time in a sense, but I talk about, ask real questions about their family, um, mm-hmm. how they're handling the pressure and so on. And those usually, those conversations usually last about 30 to 45 minutes. Then I teach a Bible study on Monday nights and that's for our athletes. Uh, it's called a multi-sport huddle. Uh, and that's every athlete from any team can come to that. We usually have about, 50 to 60 kids who will come to that Bible study. I also teach a coach's Bible study after that at 9 p.m. And that's been really great because we've had coaches who were at Syracuse and left. So now I have coaches from Syracuse, Cornell, Vanderbilt University, Ole Miss, McNeese State, just a wide variety of men who are on that study. Um, And then just one-on-one counseling. And I'm a chaplain for basketball. So I have a Bible study with some of our basketball players and then one-on-one studies with some of the coaches. So during football season, uh, if you look closely, you can see you on the sidelines. Are you at every home game? The only games that I go to all the time are basketball. Okay. Uh, My son plays football. He's down in school in Virginia. So when I first started, he was in high school. I never, I wanted to make, I didn't want to miss his games. So football, I do a lot of, I write their devotionals. And then I'll spend the time with their guys. But a lot of good times I don't make their games because I try to go see my son's games. But for basketball, it's different. And you travel both. You're at the Syracuse Orange Carrier Dome as yes. well as on the road. And that's not a bad perk, right? Flying charter, going to the tournament in the Bahamas <laughs> and other tournaments. I don't like to fly, but if I'm going to fly, I want to charter. Yes, that, I would agree with that. It's unique, right? And it, it's really a blessing. I really, I, I enjoy it, but there really is no greater joy than when we sit down and we have Bible study. And I think that, um, I think about my time at BBS, especially Dr. Uh, Decker, who would challenge us on our Greek and really looking at the original language and don't give your opinions, say what the text says. And uh, that's something that stuck with me. And I, uh, and it's, it's no greater joy to me than to sit down over steak dinner. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, over steak dinner and then get down and talk to these guys just about the word of God and about what it means for them and uh, just challenge them to grow in their faith, those who know him, and then others to come to know him. It's cool to hear you say that. Our school has always been about the Bible, but to, you know, just to say the, the entrance of your word gives light and the fact mm-hmm. that you, you got no gimmicks, you got nothing else. You're just sharing love God put in your heart and the word of God with people. Have you seen some good results? 
Yeah, so we've had uh, multiple athletes come to know Christ, which is <laughs> which is always was the goal, right? That's right. the goal. And we have men now just really who, uh, I mean, we want to see them come to Christ, but the discipleship part is even greater. And I think about uh, the coach's Bible say that's been going on for two years and going through the life of David, two years through the life of David. You know, when I was in school, they told us verse by verse. And that's what I've been doing, verse by verse. So we're in year two. And I mean, we probably got four more years to go, but that's the greatest joy for me. And um, really being able to share my faith with coaches that I would say most people wouldn't be able to do that has been a, a great joy for me. Well, I remember you as a student, not too much older than each other, but when you came here, one of the preaching classes, they picked different student preachers to speak in seminary chapel. And I still remember your message on uh, don't, don't hide your light under a bushel. And that was a powerful. And fast forward 20 years later, I was recently with you at a men's conference and you did a great job. Very, you're a gifted, powerful communicator, handling a, an Old Testament passage, great and challenging the men. So it's neat to see kind of your trajectory of, you know, being impacted by the professors here and your schooling at BBS, and then in turn impacting not just the coaches and athletes at Syracuse, but all those that you come in contact with. That's neat for us to see alums like you go out serving him faithfully. Well, I want to say that Gary Gromacki, I should call him Dr. Gromacki, he taught us how to preach. I mean, I knew how to sing. I knew how to get up there and hum a little bit, but the exposit, the text, Dr. Gromacki, uh, he was a professor who worked with me. And I, I just remember those men taking the time, going the extra mile to invest in my life. And they really didn't have to, but they chose to do it. I remember at times when there were difficult things going on, I can go and sit in their office and talk with them. Even Dr. Stollard, who at that time he had a church plant. And Dr. Stollard allowed me to be a part of his church plant. He let me preach twice a month, which gave me experience in preaching and to a crowd. So those, those are all influential stages in my life that those men were all a part of. And still a hallmark of BBS. Yes. Amen. We're into March madness now. Great time of year. You're a chaplain there for the team. What's a misconception about chaplaincy and working with athletes? Anything comes to mind? Uh, I think that uh, probably the biggest thing is people think you're in it for the perks. <laughs> A lot of people, and they don't really understand uh, what you do because they're not behind the scenes. And, you know, athletics is, is really not real in a sense. People, relationships aren't real. People love you when you're winning and they can't stand you when you're losing. And that's a lot of pressure for young men to handle. And even coaches, uh, they're away from their families a lot of times. And so behind the scenes, you're always trying to challenge men to invest in their own families and letting young men know that their value comes from the Lord who created them from Jesus Christ, not from their sport. We spend a lot of time doing that. I probably, pretty much, you spend most of your time doing that, trying to reassure men about their, I tell them, this is your, your identity is in Jesus Christ. And for those who don't know him, they'll tell him until you come to know him, you can never be whole. And that, that, that is probably something that weighs upon my heart. Uh, it hurts when you see them lose and struggle and, I got off social media because when I was on it, people would reach out and ask me things about the team and critique players. And um, I think I think that's something that people don't um, really think about or see. I've heard you say more than once, you know, for these guys, basketball is not 
who they are. It's just what they do. Their identity can be in Christ if they have that relationship. Any closing thoughts or comments before we sign off? Well, Will, I should say we're looking forward to having you address our students here in chapel, not too far in the future, and uh, share some of these same things with them. And, you know, just the, the path that you've walked and your willingness to be a man of God and see where that has taken you step along the way, not knowing, you know, we don't know what tomorrow is going to be, uh, but that's, that's going to be a great gift to give to our students so they can see the work of God, the young 15 year old man who said, I'm, I'm open to serve you, Lord. And then Proverbs three, five, and six, Dr. Vogel shows up right there at graduation, yeah. you know, step yeah. at a time along the way. It's, it's a cool story. Thank you for sharing with us. Such an honor to be here and talk with you. I'm looking forward to coming to chapel, bringing the scouting report, Paul, I'm going to bring the scouting report. I'm really looking forward to that, seeing our students. I, just, I always try to remind people that, you know, God has a plan. And I started, if you want to say, working with teams in 2004. I never thought that I would be at, if you want to call it, a Power 5 university 14 years later. And uh, God used BBC in my life, Jim Vogel, Dr. Gramacki, Rod Decker, all those men to get me there. And I think I'll challenge our students, you know, be faithful. God has a plan and he will open doors for you, take you places more than you could ever imagine. And uh, so very grateful for that. Will Payne, FCA Campus Director at Syracuse. Thank you so much and God bless. God bless. Thank you, brother.